0: We're going to read two passages of Scripture from Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, as we're standing in His presence, let's read together. My son, pay attention to what I say. Let's go. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Never stop thinking about them. These words are the secret of life and health to all who discover them. Let's read verse 22 again. These words are the secret of life and health to all who discover them. Take your seats, please. In this amazing proverb, We, the people of God, are clearly told why we are to pay attention, why we are to listen closely, never lose sight, and never stop thinking of God's Word. And the reason is His Word, God's Word, provides life. Everybody say life. In fact, it's more than that. Our translation today says God's word is the secret of life. The secret of life. God's word is the key to a healthy life. It's health to all life and health to all who discover. The health that is promised here is for the whole person, physical, emotional, and spiritual. In fact, the word health means a wholesome remedy, a wholesome remedy. This word health, as it appears here, also means keeping calm amid tension, keeping calm in the midst of tension. Stress. So many health issues arise because of stress. But God's word is life and health. It's the remedy, a wholesome remedy. This word means a heart of peace, being a source of life for the body. That's health. It means security. Stability. This is what God desires His people to live in and to receive and walk in. No matter what's happening around us, we're secure. We're healthy. We're stable. We're settled. We're calm. We're not flying off the handle at every situation. Healthy. That's a wholesome remedy. These are all made possible because God's word, it brings deliverance and it brings freedom from the evils and the vices that harm and hinder and bring bondage to our life. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 6 and verse 63, the latter part of that verse, Jesus said, every word that I have spoken to you is a spirit word. And so it is life-making. It is life-making. Now to encounter this life-making, transforming word of God, to receive the health, this wholesome remedy, keeping calm in the midst of stress and tense situations, your heart filled with peace, being a source of life for your body, to be secure and stable. One thing is required. One thing, what is it? Come on, what is the one thing that is required? His word must be discovered. Discovered. Never stop thinking about them. Never lose sight of the word. Listen closely to the word. These words are the secret of life and health to all who discover them. Today is part 2 of our theme for 2022 discovery. Discovery. A great year of discovery. Come on. Things that are going to be unearthed, things that are going to 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 come to the fullness of of our realization and our understanding. You know, discoveries serve as a catalyst for transformation. A catalyst for transformation and advancement from generation to generation. Discoveries serve as a catalyst for transformation. I want to be transformed this year. And I want to advance this year. Indeed, throughout the history of the world, human beings have come up with some amazing discoveries. And from those discoveries have come all kinds of inventions. Inventions are a result of discovery, or discoveries that are made. From early, crude, handmade tools, to the debut of the will, all the way to the development of the Mars rover, and the internet. Discoveries have truly transformed the way we see the world. And often those trends. Discoveries transform our everyday lives. Scientists tell us that practically every invention, especially modern inventions, has one or often many fundamental discoveries that make it possible. That which is invented, which man invents, it's, it's a result of many discoveries. Sometimes these Fundamental discoveries were hundreds of years old. Discoveries that were made hundreds of years ago. Inventions come from them. For example, I was reading this week about discovery and just studying about the discoveries that have been made. And I read that neither jet engines nor rockets would be possible without a knowledge of Isaac Newton's three laws of motion. A jet engine, a rocket, would not be possible without the knowledge that Isaac Newton in 1687, that was before you were born, by the way, there would be no jet engine, no rocket without Isaac Newton's knowledge of the three laws of motion, which are? Boy, it's been a long time for you, hasn't it? (laughs) The law of mass, the law of inertia and advancement, or acceleration and the law of motion the three laws of it was isaac it was isaac newton you will remember who discovered the law of gravity yeah yeah okay well guess what we have a heavenly father he's called the ancient of days who has all knowledge he has all wisdom he has all understanding. Come on. With each and every provision that we require, he has already laid it up in store for us. There is such amazing riches, vast riches of his understanding and his wealth and his wisdom that we are yet to discover. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, but as it is written in the scriptures, no eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard about it. No one has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has shown us these things through the Spirit. The Spirit searches out all things even the deep secrets of God. Now we did not receive the spirit of the world, but we received the spirit that is from God so that we can know, so that we can discover all that God has given us. Can you thank God for the Holy Ghost today? God has set us on a journey of discovery from the time we came to Christ. He's given us the Holy Spirit who unveils to us the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 16, verse 14. Jesus himself said, He, the Holy Spirit, will honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and he will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Are you ready to make some discoveries this year? Come on, are you ready to make some discoveries? Are you ready for the Holy Spirit to take you places you have not yet known in God? Today we want to continue on discovering our potential, discovering our potential. This is the first area we're looking we're looking at in our discovery series, discovering our potential. There is not a person here today who has not been gifted by God. I want to repeat that. There is not a person here today. In fact, there's not a person alive that has not been gifted by God. They don't know it yet. A lot of them don't know it yet. That's where where we come in. That's where we need... Yeah, they need to discover who they are in Christ. They're out right now living all kinds of craziness and doing all kinds of stuff, but every person here today and every individual alive is, has, has been gifted by God. No one but God knows the potential. No one but God knows the unexposed abilities, the untapped strength of your life, the capped capabilities, the dormant gifts, the hidden talents that are residing inside of you. Only God knows that. And God wants to draw that out. That's why He's given us the Holy Spirit. That's why He's granted to us the Holy Ghost. This is why it's so important for you in your prayer life to pray in the Spirit. Spend much time praying in the Holy Ghost. For we're praying mysteries. We're we're crying out. Our spirit is crying out to God and we can make great discoveries as we learn to to, to follow and we learn the walk of the Holy Spirit. We learn to draw close and be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Here's another definition of potential. What you can be and do, but have not yet accomplished. Potential is what you can be and what you can do, which you have not yet accomplished been and done, which you have not yet accomplished. Now we must be careful as it can come across that reaching our potential is based solely on our own efforts. And I want to just stop for just a moment right here. We have to be careful because it can come across that reaching our potential is based totally or solely upon our own efforts. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's about surrendering, as we sang earlier. It's about surrendering ourselves to God. It's about letting go and let God's will be done through you here on earth as it is in heaven. Another great definition of potential. Potential is how far you can go, not alone, but with God. Potential is how far you can go, not alone, but with God. You see, God loves you, and God has great expectations for you. When you begin to use what He's given you, whether you view it as significant or seemingly insignificant, when you begin to use what He's given you, whether to you it's significant or insignificant, you will come to discover in a much fuller measure the potential that God has created in you that which is lying dormant, that which is hidden, that which is unexposed, as you begin to use what God has given you. And to others, it may, and even to yourself, it may seem insignificant or small, but as you use it, you'll come to discover in a much greater measure the potential. Last week, we went to Judges 6, and we began looking at the life of Gideon. The life of Gideon one of the 12 judges that judged Israel during the time of the judges. We begin to look at his story. In fact, of all the 12 judges of Israel in the book of Judges, none have their story told to the degree that Gideon has his told. And I love that because Gideon was a man who struggled with his potential. In fact, in the opening scene of his story, he was addressed by heaven as a brave warrior, as a mighty man of valor. And Gideon certainly didn't see himself as such, as he had not yet realized his potential. This man who considered himself and his family to be the least, to be the poorest, the weakest, after having an encounter with God and after... Discovering his potential, he was to become and lead the most influential family in Israel of that entire generation. I want you to hear this. This is so important. This is an immediate connect point. This is a, this is a great connect point with Gideon, who considered himself to be the poorest, the least, the weakest. His family the least. Is, he's the least of his Is family is weak, his, his tribe is least, and he's he's just, this is his viewpoint. But after he had an encounter with God, I said after he had an encounter with God, he began to discover his potential. This man was to become and lead the most influential family in Israel of that generation. And Gideon made this discovery of his potential by, number one, believing God's word, and believing God's promises. And secondly, by building an uncompromising altar of worship. Now today we want to return where we left off last week. Those are the two areas we covered this past week, and I encourage you, if you weren't here to really take some time and get online and, and listen to last Sunday because it's, it's so foundational to our, to our year And I'm going to be building, and we're going to continue building. In Judges chapter 6, verse 25, we read these scriptures last week, but I want to read them again because we want to move on. That same night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the bull that belongs to your father and a second bull seven years old. Now it says that night, that's the very night that God, the angel of the Lord, came to Gideon and addressed him as a mighty man of valor. Gideon offered up an offering, and the angel of the Lord took his staff and touched it, and it was consumed with fire. That was the time that Gideon was told, Go in the strength that you have. You will defeat Midian as if you were only one man. So that night, that same night, the Lord said to Gideon, Take the bull that belongs to your father, and a second bull seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal, cut down the Asherah idol beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord with your God, or to the Lord your God with its stones in the right order on this high ground. Kill and burn a second bull on this altar using the wood from the Asherah idol. So Gideon got 10 of his servants, and he did what the Lord had told him to do. But Gideon was afraid that his family and the men of the city might see him, so he did it at night. Not in the daytime. When the men of the city got up the next morning, they saw that the altar for Baal had been destroyed and that the Azurah idol beside it had been cut down. They also saw the altar Gideon had built and the second bull that had been sacrificed on it. The men of the city asked each other, Who did this? After they asked many questions, someone told them, Gideon, son of Joash, did this. So they said to Joash, Bring your son out. He has pulled down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah idol beside it. He must die. But Joash said to the angry crowd around him, Are you going to take Baal's side? Are you going to defend him? Anyone who takes Baal's side will be killed by morning. If Baal is a god, let him fight for himself. It's his altar that's been pulled down anyway. So on that day, Gideon got the name Jerovbel." which means let Baal fight against him because Gideon pulled down Baal's altar. Come on, can we appreciate Gideon? Oh, come on, mighty man of valor. Now, here's another incredible lesson we learned from Gideon in discovering your potential. That same night he was told, go to your father's house. Go to your family estate. First, we believe God's word and his promises. Second, build an altar. Thirdly, bear responsibility to fight and win your private battle. To discover your potential. We've got to bear, become, and bear responsibility to fight and to win in private to win our private battle. The first battle Gideon faced was not to be on the battlefield with the Midianites. You've got to hear this. The first battle, it was was one that was fought privately, first within himself and then at home. Now, we just barely touched on this last week, but the Spirit of the Lord wants me to pick this up today because this is so vital to our year. Now, listen carefully. Gideon is often criticized for taking 10 servants and going at night to his father's garden to destroy the altar of Baal and toppling the Asherah pole. But I begin to study this, I begin to really study. Gideon and I've learned some things about this man this man is actually amazing the potential this man had and the the gifting this man had and the smartness this man was smart because I learned you know we 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 often kind of criticize Gideon he went at night and he took a bunch of guys with him and but here's what I Here's what I learned from study. Gideon was very intentional to bring order to his private world. He was extremely intentional to obey God, which God's first instruction was to bring order to your private world. So why did he take ten servants? Here's what I learned Canaanitish altars were extremely large. They were huge, in fact. One man would not have been able to tear down a Canaanitish altar. In fact, if you study world religion and if you visit certain places in the world, you will find that practically every false religion. Pagan religion erects the most gaudy and outlandish altars, fetishes, and idols. If you you look at it, you see that false religion sets up all kinds of gaudy and outlandish idols. One man would never have been able to tear this altar down in a few hours, Gideon, so intentional on obeying the word of God, he got 10 servants and said, come on, we got some work to do and we're going to get it done. We're going to nail this thing. Secondly, going at night was actually a stroke of genius on Gideon's part because if Gideon had dared try going in the daytime, he would immediately have been at war with the Baal worshippers he would have immediately and he was not to be be at war he knew i'm not to fight flesh and blood he knew that his battle was not with flesh and blood come on somebody he knew that he was tackling principalities and powers he knew that he was going to destroy the forces of darkness he was going to tear down their altar and he was he he was he was. He knew that if I try to do this in the daytime, I'm not. I'm. I will not succeed. He's so intentional on believing. He's so intentional on 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 uh, obeying. That he knew if I go in the daytime, I'm going to be prevented from from carrying out the instruction of God. When it says Gideon was afraid that his family and the men of the city might see him, his concern was that he would be stopped from carrying out God's command. And listen, we need to have that same tenacity. We're not going to be stopped regardless of what men may think, regardless of what people may, how they may oppose us. We're going to carry out the command of God. We have the potential to be the man and woman of God that God says we can be. But our problem is we allow people to sway us and Anyway, that's another whole message. He knew his battle was not with flesh and blood. Listen, private faithfulness is a prerequisite to public usefulness. You've got to hear this. Private faithfulness is a prerequisite for public usefulness. Before Gideon can be used publicly, he must first clean up his own backyard. You see, his family was breaking the first and the second commandments. His family was breaking the first and second commandments by having an idol, by having Baal worship in their garden. By keeping idols to Baal on their property. According to Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods before me. The second commandments you shall not make for yourself an idol of anything in heaven or earth. So the first assignment from the Lord was to take his dad's special year old bull, seven year old bull, his special seven year old bull. The Midianites had been in the land for seven years. Baal had been worshipped for seven years. And here's this bull that has obviously been dedicated and set aside And so the Lord said, take your dad's special seven-year-old bull and tear down the idols. Then Gideon was to sacrifice that prized bull using the wood from the destroyed idols. What The destroyed idol. What's the point in telling us this? If you want to discover your potential and make full use of it, if you even want to grow in your potential, you must first fight and win the conflict within putting your own house in order. Before God can use you mightily, He must be magnified in your own life. Right where you live. Right where life happens. Private purity prepares us for public power. Private purity prepares us for public power from God. There are no shortcuts, so... I want to finish by asking you Is there anything you've been holding on to? Is there anything that you're clinging to? Is there any sin that you're not letting go of? Come on, knock down your idols. Confess your sin. Deal with it and return to full obedience to God. You say, Well, Pastor, is this going to stir things up? It probably will. It probably will. But listen, God will honor those who honor him. I said God will honor those who honor him. It happened for Gideon. Evidently, the bulls that are referred to here, I learned that these in all probability were community breeding stock that were owned by Gideon's family. These were community breeding stock owned by Gideon's family. In verse thirty reports that the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son, he must die. See, this is why everybody was so upset with him because Gideon destroyed the community's investment. They're all caught up in investing in, in, in these bulls that's going to be sacrificed to Baal. And along comes Gideon, and he just in one moment, in one f- night, he wipes out their total investment. us! But Gideon's act, and I want you to hear this as we finish, Gideon's act was already affecting change, and it was already bringing about, about transformation. Because his own father, Joash... I said, his own father, Joash, awoke to the truth and stood up to the men. Asking in verse 31, are you going to take Bel's side? Come on, this is dad stepping in for his boy. The whole whole village is ready to, to take him out, to put him on that altar. And offer him, are you going to take Bell's side? If Bell is a God, little g, let him fight for himself. It's his altar that's been pulled down. Oh, come on, dad. And I just hear the Holy Ghost say, get ready. Get ready. Some of you have been living this in front of your dad. I heard the Holy Ghost say. Some of you, your dads have been so... Against you. Your dads have been so distant and disconnected from you. And I just want to I just want to agree with you right now that this year of discovery, I, I I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, God's going to deal with some hearts of the fathers, and they're going to make some discoveries. And justice, I believe, is coming. I I really believe with all of my heart. The Holy Ghost is, is speaking. In the end, the man who was as good as dead moments before was actually given a name. Jerof Bell, which means... <laughs> I love this. I studied this meaning out, and here's what it means. The man who fought against Baal and won. The man who fought against Baal and won. Can we give God praise? Stand to your feet right now, everybody. I love this the man who named himself earlier as poor the man who named himself earlier as weak the man who called himself the least the man who could see nothing uh, of usefulness in his life by the discovery that he made and by the power of God upon his life this man was known throughout as the man who fought against Baal and won. Are there things in your life, in your home, that need to go? Are there things in your life, in your home, that need to go so that God can position you to discover your potential? Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, We just lay it at your feet, Lord. We pull down those altars. The things that we've been bowing to, oh God, that is of this world. Lord Jesus, you said you've not given us the spirit of the world. And Lord, we just, we pull down. Come on, by the help of the Holy Ghost, Father, we're pulling down, we're getting rid of, we're destroying those things that are holding us, those things that are keeping us in a place of bondage, covering causing us to miss the fullness of what you've designed for our lives in Jesus' name. God, I pray for every young man and a woman. I pray for all of us, God, that we will rise up and take this serious today. In the name of Jesus, amen.